Well, we're going to be looking at this well-known psalm, um, and I'm great, grateful that we just were able to sing it. And you also might know it as the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, by Martin Luther. But I hope that tonight that this psalm would be a welcome reminder to all of us of who is in control of the world, but also who is in control of your world. Because we live in quite a scary world, and no one needs to teach us to be afraid. Our world is full of things that, that can make us terrified, full of things that give us fear. And so much so that we come up with great long names for them to, to describe our fears. There's ophoidophobia, which is the fear of snakes, which is my brother's biggest one. And there's acrophobia, the fear of heights, and aerophobia, the fear of planes. And there's a reason why I'm the designated spider killer in my house. Whatever time of the day it is, if there's the shout, I have to come running. And these fears or anxieties or worries, they come upon us in all sorts of places in our lives. There's life fears and job fears and finances and houses and, and families and health and, and getting old. And there's the world fears of all that is going on around us. And there's the economy and, and general uncertainty. There's so much fear in the world around us. I think it's, it's not seen quite as clearly as with the, the climate and how people are reacting to it. And in some people it's become quite a panic. And they, they fear that people have become blind to the situation. And if we don't act immediately, the world will soon give way. And they look out in the world and they see the chaos and they, they see the floods and they see the destruction. And they feel that people must do something. It's become so bad that there's a condition called climate anxiety. And while I was working on an on a ETS essay, I remembered I read this article from the Natural Geographic. It's not what I normally read, but I was actually quite struck by it. And, and it, it reads something like this. It, it reads, the level of anxiety can be crushing, talking about the climate. And it says more than half of 10,000 young people surveyed in a global study past, uh, published last December in the Lancet agreed with a statement... Humanity is doomed. Almost half of the respondents said concerns about the state of the planet were interfering with their sleep, their ability to study, to play, and to have fun. And the woman who wrote this study said what surprised them most was just how frightened they were. And this, this fear isn't a distant issue. This is something going on in all of our hearts and in all of the homes around us. But I'll say this again, that Almost half of those 10,000 people believed that whatever happened, whatever was done, that humanity was doomed. Whatever was done, that humanity was doomed. And I think this is a, this is a horrible, hopeless burden that, that many of our young people and many of us live with. But the question is, do we have a, an answer for this kind of fear? Do we have an answer for the fear for these young people? Do you have an answer for the fear that, that grips you? And, and, I, and I do believe we should be good stewards of the earth. I, I do believe that, like them, the world soon will give way, but maybe not for the same reasons as them, maybe not with the same panic. Because I, I believe, like the psalmist here, that there is a creator God, and he reigns. And that human effort, no matter how well intended and no matter how hard we work, will not create the stability that we long for. Partly because we cannot, 
but also because the starting place must be with God. And so that if this fear, whether it's climate or whether it's economical or political, medical, or whether it's that spider that crawls into your bathroom in the morning, whatever fear grips you, I believe that the answer that we need and the answer that our neighbours need is found here in this psalm. And surprisingly, it's not a call to action, but to rest in the glorious truth that God is with us. We read that in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And again in verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob's is our fortress. And that's repeated in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I'll be looking at this psalm under three sections that all end with the word salah, if you look down with it, which is a musical term. And our first point tonight is comfort in the midst of cosmic collapse. And that's in verses 1 to 3. And this psalm is written by the sons of Korah. And these are the appointed um, songwriters of the Old Testament. It's written to help us, to help God's people in the midst of a a troubling world. We see it called trouble or distress in verse 1. And this first verse tells us who God is. It tells us what his character is like. And it's this, it is God's character that matters. The psalmist says it is God who is the refuge. It is God who is the strength. And it is God who is present. And it is God who will help. So whatever may come to pass in this world, he is present and he is safe. And understanding this, we can be so bold as the psalmist to say when trouble, the troubles of verse 2 and 3 find us, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Therefore, we will not fear, though those waters roar and foam. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains tremble at a swelling. And these are all powerful biblical images and poetic language describe the, the wars of spiritual wars and the earth's most destructive disasters. From the chaotic floodwaters that roar and foam in a terrifying threat to the stability of the world. And this solid earth and the rock-solid mountains, which are a place of creation order, which are stable, where you know where you stand. But they're not stable. Because we live in a world that is, this good order is threatened with this waters of chaos. And in the sea in the Bible is this place of anti-God, of chaos. And this is a scary picture we're given. The mountains, which seem so stable, are shaking and crumbling. The sea is out of control. Not many of us have to think far to think of a terrifying Lewis storm where the crashing waves and the volume that comes. And if you've been on Kalmak in the winter, you know this and you felt it, the unpredictableness of it. It's scary. It's a picture of decreation. Because in the beginning, in Genesis 1, the world is in order. The land and the sea are separated. But here, everything's mixed. The, the separation is collapsing. Because we live in a world that, that's upside down. Lots that is scary. And lots we simply cannot control. 
But however, this, this psalm shows it, that these forces of chaos are not independent from a sovereign creator God. There is a refuge and a safe place for God's people, and there is a God who can and who will help. Because God is in control of everything, because he made it. He made the sea and all that dwell in it, and he made us. And this leads us on to our second point, this peace in political panic, which you see in verses 4 to 7. And in verse 4 and 7, we shift focus from this cosmic collapse to, to a political panic, which I don't think at this moment needs any introduction. Our, our leaders seem uncertain, and the opposition seems just as uncertain. No one really knows what to do. But where are we to find and hold on to as a safe place when, and have security when, in verse 6, the nations rage and the, the kingdoms totter? And this word totter is the same word that we had for the mountains that were shaking and falling. And it's a similar chaos and disorder that we see in the nations around us. Because China and North Korea and, and Russia might scare, scare us. Their leaders make shouts and declare war and cause fear. Yet for all their power, for all their seeming stability, they are shakable. See, the places that seemed so stable 20 years ago don't look at so much anymore. And when the Berlin Wall fell, people were stunned at how such a huge bastion of might like the Soviet Union could crumble in days. This is what we've seen throughout history. Mighty nations that rage and, and cause terror and fear that crumble. The Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire, and the British Empire. Shaky nations that topple, but still, these nations cause fear, and they cause us to fear. But at the beginning of the section of verse 4, we see something else. We see that there's a river, and it's strange because this river isn't like the sea we saw earlier. It's not crashing. It's, it's not like the waters in verses 2 and 3. Here is a stream, and it's calm. And there's joy, not fear. And, a, and this river makes the people glad. Not a sea that causes fear. This is like a sunny Sunday, sunny Saturday I had with Christopher Martin at the Woodland Centre. We are having a nice coffee as the creed rolls past, rather than a bacon roll on the Isle of Lewis. This is a peaceful picture. This is wonderful. It's a picture we're seeing in verse 4 of a glorious city we're told of. And this is a place where God dwells. And it has a river that flows out from the midst of it. But this river is strange. See, unlike Stornoway and its creed, the, the ancient and present Jerusalem had no river flowing out of it. And the psalmist knows this. But the city he speaks of does. And he knows this. And he speaks of this for a purpose. As you look back at Eden, there was a river that flows at the beginning of the Bible. And we're told something else, that this city will never be moved. This city will never be shaken. Unlike the nations that topple, this city is secure. This new city will not be moved. This new Jerusalem, opposed to the ancient one which fell to the Babylonians. And we're told of this. We're, we get this picture 
told us even clearer at the end of the Bible. We're told of a future world and a new creation, a glorious creation with a city. And the city is secure and there's no more sea, no more crashing waves, no more disorder. And there's a river of life that flows from it. And this city will stand forever. And there God dwells with his people. And this we move on to is is no longer a picture of decreation and disorder, but a picture of recreation and a new order. But our problem is our world doesn't feel like that right now. Our world doesn't feel secure. We don't have this security yet. Our world feels scary. It's a world of nations that rage and kingdoms that fall. But maybe this, this world is so scary because we look for it to provide a security that never can. This world never can provide the security that we hope and long for it to do. But it is God that the psalmist wants to point us to. It is God being with us that he wants to point us to, not the world. And he says in verse 5 that this God will come and help his people. This God will come and rescue his people who are in the midst of trouble. He says, when morning dawns, which in military campaigns was when battle started, he's saying, when God comes, he will not delay. When God comes to rescue, it will be, it will be quickly. It will be instant. And we're told how easy it will be, how easy God will bring peace to these raging nations. We see that as they rage, God simply utters his voice. He speaks and the earth melts. When God speaks, what is unsecure will crumble. And all these nations that cause such fear and terror will be brought to nothing. His voice will bring vast armies to nothing. And we see a picture of this again in the book of Revelation where all the armies and the powers of the world come against God and he utters a word and there is nothing. And one day this this turmoil will be taken care of. But right now this psalmist wants to remind us that God is in the midst of his people, that God is there and God is a refuge. So that if you are here and you feel the fear And you feel worry at all the powers that that are raging in the world right now. And if you look at your leaders with despair and long for them to do something, you have this refrain that is repeated. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is with his people. He is the place where they will find security. He is their refuge in the storm and he is a mighty fortress. Which brings us on to our last point. Dependence in divine deliverance. And we find that in verses 8 to 11. Where we read the well-known verses of verse 10. Where it says, be still and know that I am God. And this is a verse that we, we love to put on our fridges. And it's also a verse that sounds a bit like a command. And simply for us just to be still. Oh, you're fearful. Just stop that. Just stop being fearful. But I, I don't think that this verse is just telling us just to stop being afraid. Because this is, this is God speaking. This is God speaking. You see it in the quotation marks. And we see that this speaking is addressing his creation. 
He's addressing the shaky world and all the powerful nations who rage against it. (laughs) To all the individuals everywhere who are in rebellion against him, who are against his rule and his reign, also is speaking directly to our fearful hearts. God is saying, stop. Stop and be still. It's a universal call to all who will listen to come, to behold, to be still and to know. And it's not an invitation to a quiet meditation, but rather be silent in awestruck wonder, in awestruck surrender before this God. We are to, to tell each other to come and be still before this God who will bring peace where there is only war, who will bring an end to all this rebellion. Come and see this Lord and all that he does. See the works of his making, of making wars to cease, in verse 9, to the ends of the earth. By destroying the, the greatest tools of war of the day, he will destroy the bow and the spear and the chariots. And this should bring fear to all, use, to all the people who use these tools of war to gain power. And it should bring courage to those who trust in the might of this Lord Almighty, this warrior God is in control. It says, come and see. Come and see God's works. See that God stops war. But we also see that he stops it through judgment. These desolations and and this might worry us, this, how God does stop wars. He brings judgment. But for God's people who first sung this psalm, they've been relieved. These are a people who, when this psalm was written, likely had enemies surrounding them on all sides. Defeat seemed imminent. There was no hope. And they cry out to God. And God came to their aid. And God rescued. There was no hope. But God somehow delivered them from their enemies. And they turn in confidence to him. In relief. And this relief would be something like the people of Ukraine. If they, if they cried out to God and, and the Russian planes and their guns and their tanks all just ceased. This would be a relief. Because all that ruins our world, all that causes fear must be dealt with. And God will do this. And so for a people who are delivered, we read in verse 10, be still in this true knowledge of a God who delivers, a God who brings peace. Rather than trusting in the nations, trusting in the rulers to bring this peace. He's calling on all of us to stop our shaking and rebellion to him. To come to him and see that this God who reigns. Because in this world that is shaky and in a world that faces judgment, there is one safe place. There's a place where God may be known as a refuge. The place where God dwells. The place where the Most High lives. And we see that these promises, this promises made that this God of Jacob... We find where this place of refuge is. We find it as we read in the New Testament. We see that Christ is this safe place. That in a world under judgment, in him these waters of chaos are transformed into life-giving rivers of living water. We are called here as Jesus leads us in singing this psalm. 
to turn to him, to call one another who are fearful, who are worried, to come and see that the God Almighty is with us. Come under the protection of this God, this unshakable God where there is no fear. And we get a picture of this. We get a wonderful picture of this in the New Testament with Jesus. In Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, Jesus takes his disciples into a storm, in a small little boat as they cross the sea. And this storm builds and builds and the boat begins to fill with water. And Jesus sleeps. And his disciples rush in with fear and they wake up and say, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Jesus, do you not care about us? Do you not see all that is going on around us? Look at what is facing us and causing us fear. We read that Jesus awakes and he rebukes the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So there was a storm that's raging and the boat is sinking and the words, Peace, be still and there's, there's calm. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Do you still not get who I am? Do you not know my care and my love for you? And we read that these disciples are are filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is it the one that the foaming seas listen to? Who is the one who makes still the chaos? Who is the God that is present? Who is the God that will help? What's the one sitting in their boat? What is my refuge? What is my comfort as I live in this scary world and face the troubles of life? Not that I can make anything still. I alone my own heart. But I know a God who can. I personally know him. I know the one who takes me into the storm and I know the one who rescues me. And I know that he is Jesus. He is the one that even the wind and the seas must obey. That's the one who watches over us. The one who declares peace and be still to whatever makes us afraid. See, this is Jesus, the Lord of creation, speaking to his world, speaking to his creation. And it is him who says peace and be still, not us. Because it doesn't matter how many times that you say to yourself, just, just be peaceful, just be still, don't fear, don't fear. And you can do it a thousand times or 10,000 times, but we have no power. We can't do it. We can't bring peace. But Jesus can. He can speak peace to you and actually bring real lasting peace. And the psalm It tells us, it reminds us of the Lord Almighty being with us. And that's what we need. We don't need a reminder of the world and its fears, but we need a reminder that God is with us. That whatever you face, that God is there with you. Because we don't need to be taught to be afraid. But we do need to be taught how to start and to fight fear. And this psalm is a great place to start. As we're taught to trust in God. See, see, my niece, she was just home, but she didn't need to be taught to shout and ask her dad to come and run into her room as she's terrified and wakes up from a nightmare. 
at 2 a.m. And when her dad runs in, she tells him that there's, there's a polar bear that's under her bed. And she asks him to check. And in terror, she insists that it's not enough that he just simply say, polar bears don't live in Inverness, or that polar bears can't fit under your bed. No, no, she tells him, you must get down and check. And tells him, turn on your torch just to make sure. But she does need to be taught where to turn in that fear. My brother says something wonderful to her when she's scared. He says to her, why don't you need to be afraid, Flora? And she replies, because you're with me, Daddy. And then they get down and they pray. And they pray to our Heavenly Father who cares for her. We have no power over our own fears or the fears of our children. But the one who made us and loves us can. He can still the greatest fears that may come into your life. They may not all go away in this world. All that may overwhelm you may still come. You may still find that there's a polar bear under your bed. But as we come and we know this unshakable God, we're reminded to look forward to this unshakable city that will come. This world is not all there is. That is why so many people fear. There is more. There is security and there is life. There is a stream that makes the people of God glad. We can have peace when all around us is in terror. God will end all these wars. God will bring peace. But until that day, the Lord says in verse 10, I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The people who are rebels, many of them will come and be still. Many people will come and know Jesus. Many people in this uncertain world will come and see that, that just the world cannot provide what they're looking for. It cannot give them security and they will turn to this God. He will be proclaimed. His people who still have to live in this fearful world will speak of him. And we, well, we will tell people what God has done. We will tell people what God is doing. And we will tell people of all that is to come. And as I close, I'm, I'm going to read a few verses from Revelation. Because I think this is a wonderful reminder. And if you bear with me, let me read. In Revelation 21, verses 1, we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be more, no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And in chapter 22, Then an angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Though the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. 
No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no lamp or lamp, light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And this is the hope. This is the security that all of us have for any who believe in him, any who come and take refuge in this God. So let us pray. Lord, we turn to you because we are weak. And Lord, we thank you that in the midst of our weakness, we find that you are strong. And Lord, we thank you that you do not ask us to to just dust off our fears, but to take them to you, to take all our worries and our fears and anxieties and lay them before you, that we can come to you in prayer and say, Lord, help us. Lord, I don't know how I will face tomorrow. Lord, how can I go forward? But Lord, you are around us, you are beside us, and you are behind us, as these people heard from Psalm 139. Lord, you are with your people. And whatever the world may throw at them, whatever anything may come, they can know you are there with them, that you will hold them secure, that neither life nor death nor anything will separate them from you. And any who take refuge in you have this city awaiting them, this city, this new creation where you dwell, where you will wipe away all the tears that that we have cried in this world. But Lord, help us to look forward. Help us to encourage each other as we wait and help us to not lose confidence because you are here and you are with us. So go before us, Lord, into the rest of this week. Go before us into this night, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.